Hello and welcome to the Lost Boys. I'm Tandy, joined by Harlan Fear. Say hi, Harlan. Hi, Harlan. And instead of our normal podcast, today and all this week, we are going to be doing a full set review of Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborne, Disney Lorcana's newest set. I'm excited as all get out. Harlan, how about you, man? I am thrilled. I cannot wait to get my hands on the cards and get them in my decks. But first, we've got to go over all of them and tell everybody which ones are the best, which ones are the not so best, and get down into the nitty gritty. All right, so here's how it's going to work. We're going to go over every single card that's in the set. But if we don't think the card's very good or we can't think of a very good use for it, we're going to go buy it pretty quickly. But the cards that we really like, the cards we think that are going to see a lot of play, we're going to harp on them. We're going to talk about different decks that we're working on and such. Uh, today, we are going to be starting with Amber, and we're going to be going in alphabetical order with the colors over the next few days. And each of the colors will have its own video. So that's kind of the, the structure of what's going to be happening uh, for the next week or so. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get into the nitty gritty. This is Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborn, Amber. And we're starting off with Cinderella Ballroom Sensation. We're going to go with the one drops first. We're going to do in uh, order from cheapest to most expensive in terms of casting costs. What do you think about this card? I think this card, I'm a little lower on it than everybody else, but I think this card has a huge ceiling ahead of it. Um, it could be a standout for the game and constructed moving forward. But right now, you know, it hasn't won me over. I'm excited to see it in games, though, for sure. So the singer ability, you know, we, we've seen it do some really explosive stuff with Aerial Spectacular Singer. You know, it's a three cost character that can sing something that costs five. And Cinderella is the cheapest singer and it can sing something that costs two extra as well, but it only sings three drops. And so you're going to be seeing this try to sing things like Friends on the Other Side, Mother Knows Best, but also it can sing the two drop stuff too. And the place where I'm really excited about it is to sing Zero to Hero in my Stitch Blitz that I'm now calling Stitch Zero. Stitch Zero. I like that. That's, that's, a, that's a badass name. I'm sorry. Well, I like it because that's probably going to be your win rate. Got him. Oh, don't don't <laughs> Brennan me when when we first started talking about uh, zero to hero, which we'll we'll get to later. But uh, oh, Brennan DeCandio said that I could cut the four zero to heroes and replace them with any other card in Lorcana that was inkable and it would likely make my deck better. And I took that personally. And I'm hoping that I get to sing plenty of zero to heroes with Cinderella Ballroom Sensation. But so you're not very high on it, huh? I I'm not as low as Brennan, I don't think. Uh, but I'm I'm not too far off. I'm excited to see what you do with the card, though, because that's very much, although I'm not high on it to begin with, that's not the type of card that I usually am gravitating towards anyway. So I'm excited to see what you can do once you go in the lab with it. Look, it's also one of those types of cards that's only going to get better over time. The more uh, songs that they print that cost three, two, or even one, uh, Cinderella will be able to sing them. And, you know, I, I think that we just have to look at her every time a new set comes out, every time a new song comes out that she can sing. We have to think, oh, is this the one that makes Cinderella Ballroom Sensation? Truly sensational. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about the Queen, Regal Monarch. This new one drop is essentially just a goons, but won't you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, so I am super excited for this Queen. Um, basically, you know, we can draw a lot of parallels for this card to Stitch New Dog, as this in the set that we'll get into later in the breakdown has an on-color, shiftable, bigger version onto this, which, you know, goons are a card that aren't 
you know, all-stars, they're definitely role players. But the thing that New Dog has had going for it compared to any of the other goons is it has a big play to follow it up through that shift with Stitch Rockstar. And this queen has something very similar. And I think that just, it immediately takes this card from being, you know, a, a potential role player or like a filler card in a deck to like the bread and butter of the deck. And yeah. I think that's huge. No, for sure. And I, I think, so when, when you start playing Lorcana uh, for the first time, if you're coming from another game like Magic the Gathering, you see shift as a double-edged sword, right? Like it's obviously powerful because you see it as cost reduction on your expensive effect, but it also is card disadvantage because you're essentially eating the thing that you're shifting onto. And so if your opponent has interaction or if you... Uh, make it vulnerable by questing or singing, and then your opponent challenges it and knocks it down, you're losing both those cards at the same time, and you start to understand that, yes, there are downsides to this. But the thing about New Dog and now the Queen Regal Monarch, like you said, being the primary shift target for something that's powerful and on color means that it's going to have extra viability on top of just being a one cost two two the quest for one and uh the shifted uh stitch new dog onto stitch rockstar in my opinion shaped the entirety of chapter one constructed and now with the queen and the five drop being able to shift on it for so cheap might actually just crush uh opponents who are just unprepared to to deal with it yeah absolutely and the thing you really have to pay attention to is Basically, outside of Big Tink in general, uh, shift cards haven't been stellar other than, you know, uh, Stitch Rockstar. And a lot of that is that the card disadvantage that you mentioned before, right? Uh, Tinkerbell, Giant Fairy, has a, a, a clear way to mitigate that card disadvantage by generating card advantage the turn she comes into play. Same with Stitch Rockstar. You know, you can play your cheap characters and exert them to draw extra cards. And then outside of that, we haven't really seen other shift cards be played because they don't have those ingrained ways to create card advantage. And then to double on that, we have uh, Giant Fairy and Rockstar, both in colors that get to play songs that are stellar and yeah. can be sung off of them, which is one of the other most powerful mechanics in the game is singing these songs. And... Shifting is the best way to do that because it lets you upgrade your board and sing the song on the same turn that the character came into play. Yeah, great points. Uh, so I would look at uh, this new queen uh, to be a role player in an amber deck that features the big shift target, but otherwise it's just another goons. But goons that have shift, as we know, are just extremely more powerful than their counterparts. Uh, next up, we're going to be moving on to Grand Duke, advisor to the king, getting into the two drops. This is a, a two-cost inkable 2-2, two -two, the quest for one, and it has the ability, yes, your majesty, your prince, princess, king, and queen characters each get plus one strength. That means they have plus one strength on your turn, but it also means they have plus one strength on your opponent's turn when they go to challenge. Yeah, I know this is a card that you were very high on, and as I've been looking through the full set spoiler, I, you know, I see a bright future for this card. I don't think we'll see. So I think we'll see a bunch of it right away as people, you know, are exploring new cards and wanting to play with all the new cards. And then I think it's going to fall off a little bit because, you know, it might get outshined by the the brighter stars of the, the chapter. And then I think as time goes on, we'll see it creep back into decks because it truly is just a good card overall. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, some of the things that's going to be pumping just in the uh, steel amber stitch blitz sack that we've worked on for the last couple months, you'll see, you know, um, Simba, uh, Future King, and Simba Protector both have uh, the subtype of uh, Prince or King. I I don't remember Mm -hmm. which one. But there's just so many of the more important characters in Disney's IP just happen to be king, queen, prince, or princess. And so you're just going to have hit after hit after hit, powerful one, two, and three drop princes and princesses that uh, that Grand Duke buffs. And th- that buff is going to mean all the difference in the world when it comes to how they quest, how you quest. You know, whenever any of you starts to engage, engage in a challenge, that one extra strength on, on something as little as a, you know, Simba protective cub is just so outrageous. Uh, you know, making it trade for Rafiki instead of straight up losing to the Rafiki, that is the difference that Grand Duke brings to the table. Absolutely. I I, I truly think we'll see a lot of this card moving forward. Um, but for now, we're on to our next one. Yep. This one is uh Nana, Darling Family Pet. This is a two-cost inkable one three one. And it says, Nursemaid, when you play a Floodborne character, you may remove all damage from chosen character. So this is a big healer that works with the Floodborne character type. It itself is a Storyborne character type. So I'm not sure how well those two things are going to mesh together. Yeah, I've noticed all the kind of Floodborne payoffs so far um, in this chapter have been Storyborne characters themselves. So you aren't getting any immediate value out of them, which I think is really going to hold back a lot of these cards. Um, I don't I don't expect to see very much of Nana outside of, you know, some kind of theme decks, um, but I don't I don't see it being a, a strong contender in the metagame. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that healing in general in this game is relatively weak, all things considered. The main difference being Rapunzel gifted with healing because it heals on top of drawing cards. And so you're generating board presence while refueling and you're making it so that your high willpower minions are often uh, difficult to, to finish off or challenge because you're able to to just heal them immediately. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Rapunzel, but other than that, most of the other healing cards have not really done it for me. And I, I agree. I think that uh, Nana just not going to do it. Uh, all right, why don't you handle the next one? Yeah, so we have da, 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 Rapunzel Sunshine here. She's a two cost inkable, one, four, one, and she has magic hair, exert to remove up to two damage from chosen character. So I think this is just going to be another one of those, you know, uh, maybe more theme based uh, cards where we aren't really going to be, you know, seeing a, a large constructed impact. From this one now it does have four willpower for only uh two costs i think that that's a pretty big deal um it does heal things nicely every single turn but once again you know in order for the heal ability to matter your things have to survive combat and it's just very difficult to have that happen um what i'm looking for more than anything is i want to see what like the six or seven drop rapunzel looks like that has shift and then this Rapunzel and the four drop Rapunzel both maybe start seeing play because of a big shift Rapunzel. Uh, but we don't have that yet. I don't think so. Yeah, true. That, you know, the sky is the limit on basically every named character, just because you could have a shiftable thing later. Bingo. 
All right. Uh, next up, we're going to do uh, some of the dwarves, but because we're going in order, uh, we'll, we'll just go uh, how it is on Dreamborn here. So first up, we're going to do Sleepy, Nodding Off. There's a two-cost 2-3-2, two, two, so a quest for two on a two-cost card, and it has great stats. Uh, but it says, Yawn! This character interplays Exerted. That means that your opponent can directly challenge it the moment you play it. Um, what do you think about this card? This one's a, a neato yeah, I, I think this card is really cool and actually could see some play. Um, it has very reasonable stats for its, you know, cost. And, you know, coming into play exerted is a pretty big deal later in the game. But early, you know, it's it's not a huge deal. Um, really, it's only Rafiki that's going to be picking this off early on in the game. And a two, uh, like a two cost two lore quester is big, especially when it has a sizable stat line like this. I could see this seeing some play. The thing that really might hold it back is that you can't draw a card with Rockstar off of it because it already comes in exerted. Um, so you're not going to be able to exert it to draw the card. But, you know, it's inkable. I, I could definitely see this uh, finding a home somewhere. All right, next up, uh, we're going to do Sneezy, very allergic. Two costs, one, four, one. Uh, says, achoo! Whenever you play this character or another seven dwarfs character... You may give chosen character minus one strength this turn. So Sneezy, pretty good at shrinking your opponent's stuff before you move into challenges. But if your opponent's not questing or even playing a bunch of cheap characters, Sneezy doesn't really seem like it does a whole lot. Yeah, I think this is what we're going to run into with a lot of the seven dwarves is some of them are, you know, pretty. The base card is pretty good for constructed play or, you know, just outside of. And then a lot of them are not going to be there. And I think that's just a feature of if you had all seven of them being great for constructed, it would probably be overall an issue. Yeah. Um, because then all the synergies amongst them and any cards that care about them would be pushed a little too far. And then, you know, so we're, ju we're just going to see a lot of these not be at the level they need to be, but they're still sweet. And I still might, you know, build some decks with them because they're sweet. And it's the seven doors. It is the seven you doors. You got to. All right. Next up, we're going to do the first of multiple Snow White iterations. Uh, this is Snow White Lost in the Forest. This is a two cost inkable two, three, one. And the ability is I won't hurt you. When you play this character, you may remove up to two damage from chosen characters. So another one of these healing type cards. But if you play a bunch of things that are like three and four willpower early on, you're able to maybe play this in a nice spot, heal something. But again, we're just seeing a lot of heal effects out of Amber. And it's, again, very difficult to get full value out of those heal effects most of the time. Yeah, I think we have a ton of enablers now. And then we really just need to start seeing some good payoffs. And I know that there is one that we'll get to later in this episode, but, you know, one is not enough to carry the day for these types of decks. All right, you take the next one. It's an, another Snow White. Yeah, so I have Snow White, Unexpected House Guest. She's two-cost, uninkable, one, two, quest for one. And she said she has, how do you do? You pay one less to play seven dwarves characters. So... I think this card has a lot of potential because as we all know from other games and as we've seen already from this game, reducing the resource cost that you have for your cards is massive, especially with a game like Lurkana where, you know, the resources are always guaranteed, 
So everybody is built higher. So if you are undercutting that, it is a massive advantage. And what we're going to see as we get through more of these dwarves is I don't think this card is at the level yet because those dwarves aren't at the level yet. But again, this is Lorcana. We're going to be revisiting a lot of these characters a lot. So this card ha probably has a very bright future also. But, you know, might not have the brightest future right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's great that you say that because uh, it, this is uninkable, right? And that is mm -hmm. the breaking point in design where if something is extremely powerful, one way you can tune it to make it a little less likely to dominate in a format is to make it uninkable. And this is a high upside Snow White, you know, reducing the cost of your other dwarves is, is ridiculous. And unlike other games, you can have multiple copies of this in play. And so you can play Snow White Unexpected House Guest on two. You can play another one on three, and then you can play a three-cost dwarf for just one ink. And I think that that will be a type of curve that's extremely dangerous. And like you said, if they eventually reprint more of the dwarves and they just make them all cost one and two, then the Snow White starts to look a lot like a combo card. And then we might see it along with Stitch Rockstar. We might see it along with A Whole New World. And when you start doing that, things get really out of hand. Yeah, exactly. For right now, we're going to be seeing this card mostly as, you know, a lantern that's a little bit easier for your opponent to interact with. And the characters you're getting the reduction on are on average worse than, you know, just your good card characters that you would be playing in your normal constructed deck. So I'm definitely expecting to shelf this one for a while. And, you know, just like these cards with Singer, you're going to be revisiting every time that they print a seven dwarf character. All right, next up is Hold Still, an action card. This costs two and is inkable, and it says remove up to four damage from chosen character. This might sting a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it might stink a little. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> rude? Yeah, uh, a little it, bit. But... Look, it's capturing an iconic moment in the Beauty and the Beast movie where, you know, the Beast finally lets Belle in to, to take care of his wound or whatever, and... You know, it'll hold a special place in my heart, but it's it's pretty obvious that this card is not great. The only saving grace is that it only costs two and it is inkable. And, you know, at some point they may flip the script with Amber and say everything that says you can heal something on it does damage instead. And that's like a, a thing that happens in magic sometimes where a, an ability that you think is bad gets turned into something very good once the, they you know, flip the script on how, how it works. So I, I can see hold still becoming like a, a piece of removal later on. If, uh, if healing stuff actually ends up translating to damage in some way, I, I'm very interested in that, in that, uh, game space personally. All right. Uh, next up last stand. This is a, uh, two cost action, not a song. Uh, it says banished chosen character who is challenged this turn. What do you think about this one? I, I'm somewhat interested in this card as somebody who's played a lot of, you know, Mickey Mouse Detective and Rapunzel Gifted with Healing. As, you know, you play to the board with these characters that do powerful things, but absolutely cannot kill anything in a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Your grandma tells. Exactly. And so this card intrigues me for decks like that, where, you know, we're really light on removal. The problem with those decks also is that they are high on uninkables. So it has a lot of natural tension, um, but this card definitely has my interest peaked. Um, 
it's definitely a card I'm going to be, you know, trying out as, you know, a couple slots in my, definitely in my ramp deck and seeing how I like it. And I don't think I'll ever probably be playing four because it is situational removal that is uninkable. Right. But this card definitely could be a role player in a lot of decks. All right, why don't you take the next one? All righty. Up next, we have Painting the Roses Red. It's a two-cost inkable song. Uh, up to two chosen characters, get minus one strength this turn, draw a card. So generally, you know, cards that impact strength are not, you know, the the standouts of Lorcana so far. But drawing a card is a big upside. It, yeah, it, it is. You know, if this cost one, I'd be all about it. I think two is maybe going to be a little too prohibitive for me to really be wanting to mess with this, but this is the type of card that long-term I could see sneaking into some decks just that really need the additional draw effect or really taking advantage of, you know, things that require you to have played a song or an action for the turn. This is, you know, not a terrible way to do it because it is, it only costs two and it is inkable and it does draw the card. Right. I think that it replacing itself is a huge deal. I don't see the effect itself being that relevant, but an action and a song that essentially replaces itself screams free. And when something is screaming free to me, that usually is pretty scary. And uh, there there are already a couple of cards in the game that care whether like how many actions you play in a turn. And so this can just be another one of those if you want it. It has very low... Uh, you know, there it's it's it doesn't hurt you very much to put in your deck because it's inkable. Absolutely. And I do want to say if you are looking to put this in your deck, you are looking to put it into your deck for the draw a card element, not the ability. The ability right. is the gravy on top. All right, next up is uh, my favorite. We talked about it a little bit, but let's go ahead and get into this one. Uh, this is Zero to Hero, the song from Hercules. This is a two cost uninkable. That's a huge deal. Uh, action song. Uh, it says, count the number of characters you have in play. You may pay that amount of ink less for the next character you play this turn. What that means is that if you have three or four characters in play, one of which can sing Zero to Hero, you just turn that sucker sideways, sing Zero to Hero, and the next character you play costs four less. And if it's a seven drop, that means it only costs three. It's probably coming down then. Most of the time, Zero to Hero is going to be putting a shift character onto the table for way less than what it's supposed to be. And I think that along with Stitch Rockstar, you're able to just do some extremely disgusting stuff. And uh, this is my pick for one of the best cards in the set. But that's with limited testing. And when I was testing it, it was great both times I drew it. But uh, that doesn't mean that it's going to be good every single time. Yeah, absolutely. This is a card I, you know, I as I said earlier, I'm not the hugest fan of. But I do enjoy that this card might kind of create a schism in the, you know, Stitch Rockstar decks, where, like you mentioned, this card is really powerful with shift characters like Stitch Rockstar and Tinkerbell Giant Fairy, but it also has tension with those types of cards in that when you shift a character onto a smaller character, they still only count as one character for the zero to hero. Mm -hmm. So they aren't stacking with the discount. And so on those lower resource games your zero to heroes are actually going to be worse. So you have to kind of build your deck in such a way where you're balancing zero to hero with the number of payoffs, but also enough enablers. And 
that intrigues me because it almost makes more of like you've always referred to all the Rockstar decks as Stitch Blitz. And, you know, some of them, it's going to be even more clear now that this one is a Blitz deck with Zero to Hero, and this one is a, a Carefree Surfer deck or whatever. Sure. You know, there. I think that this is going to supplant Lantern in some builds, but Lantern, I think, is great when you're playing Carefree Surfer. Zero to Hero is way better when your deck just has tons of shift characters, right? Because then it'll be uh, kind of dual-sided in nature when you can play it. You can either play it at the beginning of your turn so that you can use all of your ink to play one giant thing, or you can play a bunch of stuff out and then shift for four or five onto something that's already in play. And you can even sing another song with that character too, assuming that that character didn't come into play uh, on the same turn. Um, I think Zero to Hero just really lends itself well to the one and two drop heavy deck that, that I've really enjoyed playing. And however you want to build it, it's just completely up in the air. Uh, very much looking forward to this card myself. All right, moving on, you take the next one. Yeah, so we have an item here. First item we're going over, we have Sleepy's Flute. It's a two-cost, uninkable. A silly song. Exert this. If you played a song this turn, gain one lore. So huh. this... Go ahead, Todd. I just said, huh, I've never seen this card before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this card is pretty sweet. I think that, you know, this is certainly not my forte on type of decks, but this definitely can lead to... Almost more of like if you're from Magic, kind of like a burn deck where you were trying to just play to the board to kind of stabilize the board in your opponent's characters and then have a ton of songs and actions that remove your opponent's characters and just Sleepy's Flute once or twice even a turn as you find more flutes and go up the curve later in the game and really just kind of just stall the board and instead of trying to win the game with characters just use the characters to challenge and win off these flutes and your actions yeah chapter one had uh basically no cards outside of characters that could gain lore from without questing with a character uh now this is the second one i've seen uh outside of you know this is the second item i've seen that can generate lore which is exciting in and of itself because it means that you know lore is just a number and however you want to get to 20 is up to you. It can be these items. It can be with characters. It can be a combination of both. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at some point to see like songs that generate lore or whatever. Right. It just depends on how you balance them, what they do. Otherwise, if they do anything at all, uh, this is a cool card. I like it. All right. Uh, next up, another one of the seven doors. We're going to be talking about doc leader of the seven doors. This is a three cost inkable two, three quest for two says share and share alike whenever this character quests you may pay one ink less for the next character you play this turn so some more cost reduction i think that's going to be somewhat common in amber as a theme along with healing and uh, i quite like this doc yeah absolutely i think this card is pretty good um it has i really wish it was a two four and quested for like one instead um, I think this card is probably more balanced the way it is, where it's a better threat, but it's a little bit easier to remove. I could definitely see this card seeing some play in some, you know, ramp-like decks where you're reducing the cost instead of actually putting more ink into play and, you know, just trying to go up the curve really quickly. And, you know, Doc is awesome for just going three into five and, you know, pressuring your opponent while you do that, where, you know, Mickey Detective gives you that ink that is permanent resource 
but is way less impactful to the board. Right. Body is smaller. Quest for yep. worse. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, another of the seven dwarves. We're going to be talking about Dopey, always playful. This is a three cost inkable two two. the quest for one with the ability odd one out. When this character is banished, your other seven dwarves characters get plus two strength until the start of your next turn. This is one. I don't really understand what this is trying to do. You know, like this is creating like a static buff on all your other dwarves whenever it gets banished. But like, how is it getting banished? Are you just like sending him to his doom uh, in order for your other things to gain that strength? And if that's the case, that's kind of cool because it's like Dopey leads the charge and you put you always put the like dumb guy up front in the in the infantry, right? <laughs> that is a funny way to look at it. I, I think that's kind of the idea. Um, the other idea for me is like when they grab your sword, this is like Dopey always dies because he only has two willpower. But at the same time, they can just do their challenges before they sing, grab your sword, or or just play it full retail. Um, yeah, this card is, I think, going to be impactful if we ever see the, the dwarf deck kind of pop off and just be a thing in the metagame, where this is a really good card for, you know, anti-aggroing your opponent, where, you know, you send this in, maybe get a trade with this, even if you're lucky, and then just all your other stuff is just amazing at challenging for a turn and then also is great on on the crackback from your opponent where they still have that buff to you know disincentivize your opponent to challenge but yeah i I think this is going to be a pretty weak card obviously just because it relies on you having a bunch of other dwarves in play and as we've said you know the dwarves are close but just outside the metagame all right why don't you give us the uh the next card on the list yeah so we have gaston baritone bully He's a three-cost inkable, three-three quest for one, and singer five. Ooh, another singer five for three. What yeah, you think I'm about surprised that? you let me do this one. Uh, as I want to talk about love, it. Yeah, as, as much as you love Ariel Spectacular Singer, I'm sure you can give us the big rundown on this card. All right, so Spectacular Singer, uh, the best part of the card is singer five. And musical debut, the ability on her to look at the top four and put a song in your hand, I would say that that only hits half the time, maybe less, maybe more, depending on how many songs you jam in your deck. And it's not something you can rely on. And so when I was building around it originally, my my hope was that singing a whole new world would alleviate the pain of missing off of musical debut. And it does. It does a lot. And Gaston Baritone Bully just gives more redundancy in that slot. You obviously lose musical debut, but you gain something that's slightly bigger on body. So later in the game, if you don't have something to sing, you have the ability to challenge with it. It also is a little bit harder for your opponent to attack and trade up on with like a, their own 3-3 or 3-2 or something. Um, overall, I think that this is a solid card. Obviously, I think it's worse than um, Spectacular Singer, but I mean, this isn't even a rare, right? It's just an uncommon, so it mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, I, I like it quite a bit, but we'll see. Yeah, I do too. I I think this card will probably see a lot of play overall, but in low numbers, right. where you know, you're going to see a lot of one Gustone or two in Aerial Spectacular Singer decks as functionally additional copies of Ariel to be singing your cards like Whole New World and Grab Your Sword way ahead of schedule. All right, next up, we're going to be talking about Mulan Free Spirit. This is a three-cost inkable, two, three, the quest for two. 
And it has support, so whenever you quest with it, you may add her strength to another chosen character. And uh, as we talked about with support already in the past, you can support onto your opponent's stuff, which will actually work nicely with a removal spell that we'll talk about soon. But uh, what do you think about this Milan Free Spirit? I think this, the stats are pretty okay. Um, I think she might be a little undersized. The two points of questing is a lot. Right. But as we talked about in pre- previous episodes of the podcast, now that we've expanded the card pool, your ability matters a lot more because stats are basically always going to be outclassed by something because the card pool is so large now. So, you know, support on a three drop with a, a kind of meager stat line is not exactly what I'm looking for moving forward. You know, I'm looking for punchier abilities like Gaston has Singer 5. That's, as we've seen, an yeah. awesome ability to have. And Gaston has a better stat line than this card, too. That's true. Uh, and as we talked a lot about over the last couple months or whatever, like physically winning the game via questing for lore is often less important than solidifying solidifying your board state. Uh, because you usually win the game in like two or three big questing turns. And so I think s- something that is cheap in quest for two is going to be good along with a lot of other characters that are cheap in quest for two, but are, you know, the lore ability is, is relatively weak when you have something like support where your intention is to give support to your other characters and use them to challenge. So I think that those two abilities are kind of at, at odds with each other. Uh, next up is going to be Piglet, very small animal. This is a three-cost inkable, two, four, two, no abilities, good stat line, two, four, two. Yeah, I will tell you that if I was ever going to be playing Mr. Smee again, it's probably going to be replaced <laughs> by Piglet. Sure, and sure. also, what, what are they doing giving him very small animal as his additional <laughs> name when he's a two, four, the quest for two? I don't this know. This guy's gigantic. Yeah, very, very solid willpower account there uh i like the card but uh we'll see you know it's another one of those things that i'm very happy to have in like a starter deck or sealed deck or draft but like i have no idea if it's good and constructed because it's a two four the quest for two it only costs three that's great but like how hard is it actually to kill the two four compared to a two three i don't know uh, next up, this is one that I want you to take some time on because I think that this is going to be one of the uh, better cards from this set. Uh, this is World's Greatest Criminal Mind. Uh, this is a three-cost inkable action song. It's a song. And it says, banish chosen character with five or more strength. All right, I'd like to start off by pouring one out for our fallen friend, Hakuna Matata, <laughs> that will probably not be in any decks anymore to be found <laughs> off Ariel Spectacular Singer because sure. of this card gets found off of it. But yeah, so this card is inkable, which is massive because it is situational removal. You know, we were talking about, um, I forget the name of the card already earlier, that was situational removal that was not inkable. That has huge downside. This has very little downside. It's a song, so you can find it off Ariel. You can sing it off of your character to also play a big character on curve. That's a, a big tension with Let It Go that I've had in the ramp deck of you know, a lot of times it's do I play a character or sing let it or or play let it go because you know it's hard to have something to sing a five drop where you know in ramp specifically you just have a Mickey detective sitting around when you're trying to play your five drop anyway. It this works out a lot better for that, and it being inkable is a 
is huge because it is so situational. I think um, support characters are going to be more common because they can pump your opposing characters to get them into that five range to get rid of something like an Aerial Spectacular Singer or a Stitch Rockstar. And, you know, outside of those support synergies, you know, it's possible we don't see too much of this card initially, where, you know, when the format is all Rapunzel's and Carefree Surfers and Rockstars and Tinkerbell Giant Fairy, none of those key cards get hit by this removal spell without, you know, a buff on their character. Which, you know, we still might see one or two of these in most decks just because it is inkable. But, you know, as the metagame going into this chapter was looking, we don't have very many targets for this initially. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, finding natural targets might be a little difficult, but some of the largest characters in the game fall to this for just uh, a cost of three or even the cost of singing a song that costs three. And I think that it just means that if you want to play this card, you have to play a lot of support cards. And so everything that has support on it previously before this card existed was like, okay, this is only pumping my stuff to challenge my opponent's stuff. That's not the case anymore. Now all your support stuff can buff your opponent's thing so that it can fall to the world's greatest criminal mind. Next up, we're going to be talking about Dragon Gem. Dragon Gem is a three-cost, non-inkable uh, item, and it says bring back to life. Uh, cost three and exert it uh, to return a character card with support from your discard to your hand. So this thing will continuously bring back those support characters. Uh, so that works with world's greatest criminal mind maybe this is the card that brings it all together yeah i i think this card is going to be sat on a bit by uh hades lord of the underworld you know hades being able to recur the other hades to create that loop is ultimately stronger than an item that has a higher total initial cost you know with the three to play and three to activate right it it's going to be tough especially when you can't recur you know your powerful characters like uh, Stitch Carefree Surfer and Rapunzel Gifted with Healing. You know, just we haven't seen a good enough support character to really warrant this type of thing. And you know, I think we are that, seeing... <laughs> I think that we're gonna have one. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it's in uh, Sapphire though. We'll get to that later in the week. Yeah, that's true. Well, so does uh, yeah, we we can talk about that again. But I actually don't think that card works too well with this card. Oh, uh, maybe you're right. I was thinking. Yeah, okay. yeah. whatever. All right. So um, Dragon Gym, I, I think the card's fine. It's very expensive, requires you to have a lot of dead things, but support characters tend to be exerted, and exerted characters tend to get put into the discard pile. So this could be something that kind of gives you that long game. This is more in the in the realm of like uh, the Musketeer Scabbard, where it punishes your opponent for interacting with you rather than doing something that's uh, extremely proactive itself. But if we're if we're playing a deck that has a bunch of support stuff in it, something like this could be a nice one of for just winning the super long games. But it is very expensive. So. All right, why don't you take the next one? Alrighty, we have Bashful, the next of our seven dwarves. This is the Hopeless Romantic. He is a four cost inkable, two five with three points of lore, and he has oh gosh, this character can't quest unless you have another seven dwarves character in play. So, funny enough, I do think Bashful is the best of the Seven Dwarves on Raw stat line, and he kind of requires you to have other Seven Dwarves, or at least another Bashful. 
Yeah, this um, is definitely the the payoff for the the dwarves and Bashful needing another dwarf in play is is perfect and the stats are great and a quest for three uh, the very very hard to ask for better. Yeah, absolutely. I think this this card uh, could be worth building at least with a small dwarf package around because this is a massive threat and coincidentally works amazing with Rapunzel because it has five willpower. Right. Uh, next up, we're going to move to another one of the dwarves. This is Grumpy Bad Tempered. This is a four cost inkable three four the quest for one. And it says there's trouble brewing. Your other seven dwarf characters get plus one strength. Sour as a green gooseberry. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this is another one of those dwarves that, you know, just doesn't quite make it there on rate. And, you know, this card needs basically all the other dwarves to be great because it is an anthem for the other dwarves. Right. And this card not having that second point of lore is definitely going to hold it back because that may- means it's behind on rate to the other, you know, four cost three fours. Uh, next, we're going to do one of the bigger rares in the set. Uh, this is Mulan reflecting. This is a four cost inkable three, three, the quest for two has shift for two, which means that if you have a, an early Mulan, this can shift extremely cheaply and early. Uh, the ability is honor the ancestors. Whenever this character quests, you may reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a song card, you may play it for free. Otherwise, put it on the top of your deck. So uh can sing stuff off the top of the deck if you're able to stack it with things like Ursula's Cauldron. I'm not sure how viable that's going to be. But at the very least, this has decent stats. Four cost three, three, the quest for two. And you have the ability to just play a song off the top of the deck for free once a turn if your opponent can't kill it. And the amber color is great at protecting things with bodyguard. Yeah, I think this card is an interesting build around that could get there. You know, it's it's not stellar and it might not have the tools so far, but it is a very powerful effect. Whenever something lets you play something for free, it is a card to earmark if it's not already busted. Next up, uh, this is Yodora, Accomplished Seamstress, five cost inkable, one nine. Quest for two. What do you think about this? No abilities, but one nine. You know, I'm a sucker for just a great stat line. And this card is awesome. I have no idea if it's going to be any kind of good. <laughs> but uh, nine willpower is basically <laughs> infinite. <laughs> That's so much. Like, I don't know. Like, I know that you know this. But, like, I don't know if many of you understand how hard it is to kill a Stitch Carefree Surfer. A four eight. It costs seven, but this is a one nine that costs five. It'll take three plus attacks to knock this thing off most of the time. And if you have ways to buff it, uh, you know, maybe some strength buffs here and there could be something nice. But uh, I don't know, man. This car seems sweet. One nine is huge. Yeah, I, I think the best thing this does, obviously, it's not terribly great at fending off the attacks like a Carefree Surfer is, but this fills the role of Carefree Surfer with Rapunzel Gifted with Healing of this is a thing that's going to be in play and it's going to be questing. And then your opponent has to challenge it to get it off the table, basically. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's going to take over two turns to do that. And that's it like guarantees you being able to set up your Rapunzel that way. And that's what you kind of need in your Rapunzel decks is setting those up to push you through to the later portion of the game. And, you know, this is a great body at a good spot on the curve for it. So I hope, I hope to see it 
see play. Uh, I'm definitely going to be putting it in some decks. All right, you take the next one. All righty. So we have Happy, the good-natured, the next seven dwarf. He is a five-cost, inkable, three-five, has support, and quest for two. This is my cosplay. This is what I'm, <laughs> this is what I'm going to be at uh, Gen Con next year. I'm going to go as Happy, good-natured, because uh, I don't have to change clothes or anything. Uh, y- yeah. You'll need to find a pickaxe somewhere in a uh, beanie. Look, just send me to the nearest dig site. I'll find me a pickaxe. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a 3-5 with support, pretty solid stats. Uh, as far as all the dwarves are concerned, I think this is a nice top end, uh, or I guess like a middle top end or whatever. And uh, the support, you know, while you're questing for two, allows your smaller dwarves to get in there and challenge your opponent's stuff. But support's more of an ability I'm looking for on something that costs one, two, or three, not so much on something that costs five. Completely agreed. All right, next up, we're going to do one of my favorite cards in the set. This is Mufasa, Betrayed Leader. Five cost inkable, big deal. Three, three, the quest for two. The ability is the sun will set. When this character is banished, you may reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a character card, you may play that character for free, and the interplay exerted. A little bit of nah. Uh, and then otherwise, you just put it back on top of your deck. So it dies. Top card of your deck's a character. Put it into play, exerted. Uh, otherwise, leave it there. What do you think about Mufasa? So this might be a hot take, but I think this card's kind of bad. No! <laughs> Why? So there's a couple things not going well for this card. There are a few... Th- Things going well for it. But so let's start with the the not so great things. Uh, it's when it's banished, you reveal the top card of your deck. And if it's a character, you can put that character into free and they enter exerted, right? So you're not guaranteed to hit because while your deck is mostly characters, you're still going to miss, you know, a large portion of the time. And the card stays on top if you don't hit. So it's not like you get a bonus card out of it. And then also oh, I would have loved if this said you may put it into your discard pile or something to give like a little bit of extra help to the ability. Yeah, or I, I think it would have been very good if it just put it in your hand. So then at least when it's banished, you at least get a card out of it. Then I think it would have been very good. Um, quite possibly that might have been where they started and it was too good. So they, yeah. you know, toned it down a little bit. But also, so it puts the character into play exerted, so it immediately exposes that character to being challenged, right. which, you know, in a lot of cases is just a downside. And then additionally, so basically it, it effectively breaks down to when this is banished, because it's typically going to be banished through challenging, you get a character and that is just extra stats, right? Right. So your average character stats is basically what's added on top of this, say 60% of the time. So like 60% of the time, this is like a six, seven for five that quests for two, which is good, but is not what I want. Like, I don't want to be paying five to spin the wheel. You know what I mean? And that's the average. Like what if I hit my, my Simba future King and this is basically a four or five that looted, you know, and, It's not what I want to be doing. Um, I am more than happy to be wrong because the card, especially if you build around it where your deck is just all bombs, it gets pretty powerful pretty quickly. Um, But it is not a card that stands out to me as, oh my God, this guy is falling. This card is phenomenal. Yeah, I I think it's uh, it's one of those things that you're going to have to play with it a few times to really see what it can do. I think that uh, questing with it and then letting your opponent challenge it 
And then that's when it's going to be at its weakest, but I st- it's still going to be pretty good uh, because they're able to challenge this for relatively cheap. You know, a one cost Captain Hook forceful duelist can eat this, right? And then you just get the ability and then you have to deal with it from there. Uh, if that character is large, it will be phenomenal. Carefree Surfer, Stitch Rockstar, things like that. Obviously, if you hit any of those off Mufasa, there's no cost limit is the one thing I really like. And so I think that this is going to just generate some really high octane moments in games where against like a a Ruby Amethyst player, for example, this is a character you can just play and not quest with it. And if they ever play Be Prepared, you have a chance to have something afterwards. If they ever play Dragonfire on it, you have a chance to play something afterwards. And so um, I think that this is going to be weak in combats and strong in uh, against control decks. I think that that's where it's really going to shine. Yeah, that that definitely could be the case. Uh, I definitely expect to get a lot of, you know, screenshots of somebody this dying and then putting in a monstrous dragon. Yeah. <laughs> and blowing up something. Some huge thing coming in <laughs> off that Mufasa for sure. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So moving on, we're going to be talking about Rapunzel, Gifted Artist. This is a five-cost inkable, zero-six, so no strength for challenges. Uh, shift for three, so very cheap shift. Uh, and it says, let your power shine. When you remove one or more damage from one of your characters, you may draw a card. So this is that payoff that you were talking about. Um, I have a weird question that's never come up before. Can a character with zero strength challenge another character that has strength? Absolutely. Okay, great. Pro- problem solved. Yep. Yeah, no, this card is great with your your Rapunzel gifted with healing because this challenge is in, gets like three damage on it, and then you play your Rapunzel gifted with healing, and then you draw six. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to think about this one. Anything with shift kind of gives me, uh, you know, vibes of you don't know. Like, it's uh, there's mm-hmm. too many variables. But uh, the ability itself is pretty sweet. You know, it does quest for two, which is nice. Uh, put some pressure on your opponents. And I, there is that cheap Rapunzel, the two cost one four that we can shift onto this on turn three as a natural curve. And if your opponent ever tries to challenge this but can't finish it off, there are so many ways to recoup damage now from Amber. Not only Rapunzel gifted with healing, but you know a bunch of other things too that we've already talked about in today's video. Um, I'm definitely, uh, just before we move on, okay. I'm definitely going to be playing some decks with this. My gut tells me that we're going to be, you know, one payoff light. Like, we, we're going to need one other, you know, good character that pays us off for healing our stuff right but you know this is in amber so we have be our guest to find it more regularly and this card is really powerful when it's going off so you know definitely could be great i'm gonna figure it out for us all right next up the queen commanding presence this is a five cost four three inkable Quest for two. It also has shift, and this shift is for two. That means you can play the one-cost queen that's a 2-2 goon, and you can shift this on turn two. It's a 4-3 to quest for two and has some pretty bonkers abilities. But uh, the abilities are who is the fairest. Uh, Whenever this character quests, chosen opposing character loses four strength, and chosen character gets four strength. So it's a shrinky-dink and a grow. And it's extremely, extremely cheap. Yeah, I think this card is probably going to be the thing that props up World's Greatest Criminal Mind um, moving forward in, you know, the metagame and the format at large. And 
this card is just bonkers. I think this card is absolutely absurd. It's going to be in basically every Amber deck. Um, every Amber deck should basically just be a, a, a new dog, small queen, this queen, and Stitch Rock Star deck. And you just shift and you play your songs way ahead of schedule and you just dominate the board early and often and have pretty good staying power because you have all these big characters in your deck. One thing I, I really like about the card is that it functions very similarly, in my opinion, to uh, Tinkerbell Giant Fairy, where the moment your opponent starts to quest or the moment your opponent leaves multiple of their characters vulnerable to being challenged, that's when you strike hardest and fastest with this variant of the queen. And not only do you get to quest with it, but you also get to make your smallest thing big enough to kill likely their biggest thing. And you make another one of their characters or that same character do nothing by giving mm -hmm. it minus four strength. And so it's just a complete blowout. And it's it's just so cheap on both metrics. The five cost, it's inkable, has shift for two. You know, normally the shifts, they're a minus a two cost from the, the original cost. This one is minus three. And on top of that, you have that one cost uh, queen, you know, this that is the goon, like the Stitch New Dog. It's just, I don't know, it's something else. I'm yeah, at a baseline, this card essentially says, whenever this character quests, exert one of your ready characters to banish <laughs> a chosen opposing <laughs> exerted character. Yeah, just put them That's in the That's the baseline. It has a much higher ceiling than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, tell me about the next one. All righty. So I get to show you guys Christopher Robin Adventurer. Six cost, inkable, two six. We'll always be together. Whenever you ready this character, if you have two or more other characters in play, gain two lore. Yeah, so um, I don't have complete confirmation on this. I think that it has to start exerted for you to be able to gain the two mm -hmm. lore. Uh, but that basically means that every turn that your opponent doesn't kill this thing, you quest for two. And then when you're ready, you gain two more, assuming that you have uh, a reasonable size board. I think this card's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think this card uh, definitely has a bright future, especially just for how well it synergizes with Carefree Surfer. Um, they both require two or more other characters in play, and that's just your goal anyway. So why not just play all the payoffs for that? And, you know, you might get snubbed a little bit when they can manage your characters pretty well, but this is a good six drop on curve with it. That's a good threat. Um, it essentially, you know, if you're untapping with your stuff, it quests for four a turn. That's huge for a yeah. two six. No, I definitely agree. And it has so much willpower, you know, very similar to Rockstar or Hades Infernal Schemer, where it's just very difficult to get something with that high of willpower off the table in like one attack. And usually it takes like two attacks. And you know what happens when it takes two attacks to kill a character? It leaves a full turn window for Rapunzel gifted with healing to come down and ruin your life. That's what it does. <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to move on to a card that you've already gotten to play with a little bit in one of our uh, Lost Boys versus videos. Mickey Mouse, Friendly Face. This six costs one six, quest for three. And it says, glad you're here. Whenever this character quests, you may pay three ink less for the next character you play this turn. A big cost reduction on this Mickey Mouse. Absolutely. I think if there is a card that keeps Christopher Robin from seeing play, it will be this one. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, pressuring your opponent is great. You know, Christopher Robin essentially quests for four. 
This already quests for three and provides cost reduction, which and they're both inkable too. So yeah, and you know they have a very similar stat line. Um, pretty unfortunate for Christopher Robin to be sitting next to Mickey Mouse friendly face on this one, but uh, I think the friendly face is going to win out and be the more common face around. Yeah, I, I think it just comes down to cards sitting on top of one another. Uh, we see this a lot in, in Magic the Gathering where a Mythic Rare will be printed and, oh, that's great. It's uh, This sees play in a bunch of decks. And then for the next two years, every single thing that they print that has the same uh, casting cost of that card is like you have to compare it to the one that's already seen play. And in this case, I think the Mickey Mouse slightly edges out the Christopher Robin in most of the decks that would already want to play one or both of them. And uh, specifically, giving minus three cost to a Carefree Surfer is ridiculous and allows you to immediately use the card you get off of it. And one of the ways that you can beat a Carefree Surfer deck in like a longer game is for them to tap out for Carefree Surfer and not be able to do anything else on that turn. And this Mickey Mouse just throws that out the window. Well, here's the really disgusting part you're not going to want to hear. But so say you, you, you know, you take your turn, you pass to me. I have just this that I'm readying with, right? And I have, I have seven ink already. I draw for my turn. I quest. I go up three lore, right? I play my eighth ink. I play Hades Underworld, uh, Lord of the Underworld, pick up my Carefree Surfer, and then play that. And it's already dawn, even though I only had one character in play and eight ink. The Hades costs one and the Surfer still costs seven. Okay, yeah, yeah you, you sold me. That's a barf me. moment, isn't it? Yeah. You sold me. It was already, <laughs> I was already interested in this, but now I'm super interested in this. Um, you know, the, those characters that replace themselves, that draw cards, that return things back from the discard pile, these are all going to be great reasons to play cost reduction. And it's one of the reasons why I, I like Zero to Hero as well. Um, this just does it on a body that's inkable instead of being a song that's cheap and uninkable. So they don't necessarily play well in the same decks, but similarly, you're going to play them around the same types of cards, things that just keep the velocity running by replacing themselves, giving you more uh, fuel to fight with. Next up, we're going to move on to Snow White Well-Wisher. This is a six-cost uninkable 3-5 that quests for two at shift four, and it says, Wishes come true. Whenever this character quests, you may return a character card from your discard to your hand. Uh, what do you think? I think this card is pretty good. Um, I think this is another unfortunate casualty of Hades, Lord of the <laughs> Underworld. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty common. They, you know... Hades is a, a phenomenal card. Uh, this Snow White is definitely interesting because she works really well with uh, songs like Whole New World and Grab Your Sword and is shiftable, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, I don't think we have a Snow White that we would really want to be playing in like an Amber Steel deck yet. So we might not. Yo, see Yo, just give me a dwarf deck. This is a great dwarf enabler because there's already two other Snow Whites that you probably already want to play that mm -hmm. both cost two. And then when you shift, you can start questing and getting your dwarves back. And those dwarves all have cool abilities. So you just pick whichever one is dead that has the best ability in that particular spot. I like it. I, I you know, obviously this is fighting with Hades, but like, why can't we play both? You're going to run out of inkables or uninkables. I mean, only if you play steel songs to go with it. I don't necessarily want to do that. Well, but. just, you know, we're still going to have that fatigue of whatever second color you're pairing in your deck. You're going to want those great uninkables, too. I'm going to play and, monocolor at some point. Don't, don't you know, yeah, don't, don't get I me twisted. If, 
I, I hope with like chapter three or something, we get a bonus for doing that. I thought that'd be sweet. I thought it would be cool to have your lore generation total that you need to get to to be dependent on how many colors in your deck. And for every color added to your deck, it was like two more lore or something. I think that would be maybe an interesting mechanic. But mostly, I just want to, once we have uh, a thousand cards for every single color, you know, at at some point, a monocolor deck is going to be like easy to make. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I just need some sort of payoff for playing one color. Uh, Next up, we got Cobra Bubbles, just a social worker. Uh, seven cost inkable, biggest social worker I've ever seen. Five nine and quest for two, no abilities. What do you think about this monster? I am confused why it's a rare, because uh, we already have an uncommon with the same stat line in a different color. But other than that, Cobra Bubbles is sweet. And Wait, is an what awesome other? What's the other seven movie. cost five nine two? King Triton from Sapphire. Oh, is it? A yeah. fi- it's a five nine. It's that large. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Five nine quest for two. Exact same card, just different colors and different names. Okay. Nothing to see here. Yep. All right. Lastly, we'll get to King Louis Jungle VIP. This is the last card in Amber. This is a seven cost inkable three eight. The ability is laid on the line. Whenever another character is banished, you may remove up to two damage from this character. And it says, "Cool it, boy. Unwind yourself." <laughs> yeah, I think this card is. I've seen it in a lot of decks that people are posting. I do not see this card being a constructed all-star. Um, I think you might play one or two occasionally if you really need more top end. But, you know, Carefree Surfer is basically always going to be better than this card. And as we were talking about just before, you know, when you add that second color, you get a lot of other options in that second color. So I, I don't see this card seeing uh, a ton of play because it's not to me a large enough upside it is good though don't get me wrong so it, 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 it could see some play somewhere it's very big uh a willpower is enormous it is inkable um i like that this works well with the ready mechanic you know there are a lot of mm-hmm. things like uh the two drop lefou in red and a number of other things that ready your character and says it can't quest anymore for the turn that ability is often not that great because most characters can't really survive more than one, maybe two challenges. And so King Louie, the jungle VIP, gets to come in there, attack and kill something that's small, and essentially gets to eat it for free. And so you're going to have Louie, you know, if you can buff him, he's going to start eating larger things and surviving and then, you know, able to remove some of the lore. Importantly, it's whenever any other character is banished, including your own. And so if your uh, smaller character challenges and trades with their smaller character, you can remove four damage this on him. And so then it becomes like a how can I put damage on him for benefit? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, Ruby is a color that can do some things like that. And maybe that's something you want to look into. But uh, but as just like a seven drop that never dies in combat, that's that's kind of what this is, I think. And that's kind of sweet. Yeah, absolutely. I think this, this card is cool. Um, I just don't know if it's going to have too much of a future in the, the metagame moving forward. but. I kind of hope I'm wrong because King Louie is an awesome character. And he's VIP. He is the VIP. Uh, Well, that is going to do it for our Amber portion of the set review. But uh, don't sweat it because we're going to be doing all the colors over the next few days. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for Amber. 
Uh, thanks so much for watching our set review for Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborne from Disney's Lorcana. This has been Harlan Fear and Tandy bringing you the amber colors for Constructed. And uh, we'll be doing the same with the rest of the colors over the rest of the week. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Games and Comics, Pero Dice. They're a gaming store out of Fairfax, Virginia. That uh, is your one-stop shop for all things TCG-related, from Pokemon to Yu-Gi-Oh! to now Disney's Lorcana. Make sure to check out gcparodice.com and pick up any of the uh, singles, sleeves, dice, whatever you need. They got you covered. Uh, thank you so much to Apex Gaming for keeping us, uh, you know, uh, around making uh, use of us for their tournaments and such. We're hoping to work with them in 2024 on some more Lorcana events. Maybe Harlan jumps in the booth with me for one of those, huh? Oh, yeah. I'll definitely come out for that. Yeah. I love me some some wings, etc. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching, and uh, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time.